0: You are listening to a sermon podcast from Agape Baptist Church, recorded live from our Sunday service. Morning Church. The scripture today is taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Thank you, Lampe. The Lord bless you, Church. All right, it's good to see uh, all of you here. Uh, so, uh, as you can see, all the lights here for the last few weeks, and uh, behind me, uh, you know that uh, it's the Christmas season, right? And if you go to Orchard Road and different places, you see Christmas trees everywhere. And uh, so, uh, uh, so over the next uh, three Sundays, uh, we will be bringing you three sermons. Uh, leading up to the uh, uh, the Christmas Eve service on the December uh, 24th. So our goal is to help you um, progressively get a sense of how Jesus is a unique sa- Savior like no other. Okay, so firstly, um, how uh, he is prophesied. Uh, this is my sermon today. And next Sunday... Uh, how Jesus was born into this world. Okay, that's uh, Pastor Tom's sermon next week. And then uh, finally, uh, how Jesus is a gift to rescue mankind. And that will be uh, Pastor G.L. preaching that. Okay, so Christmas, what does Christmas mean to us? And uh, for many people, uh, Christmas is a time of joy and uh, that we, uh, we, we, we hope that uh, uh, it, it is uh, throughout the year it will be, will be like this. And uh, it is, uh, we wish that our hope for a better tomorrow will come true. Jesus, Christmas brings us a lot of hope and a lot of joy. Of course, it doesn't always happen. Uh, you can be very disappointed at times. Uh, but nevertheless, Christmas represents hope and joy. So we uh, we temporarily put aside in our mind all the conflicts and hostilities and wars that is raging around the world, and we'd rather not think about how messed up this world is. Because if we open our eyes, we truly can see many things that are wrong. And despite the advancement of civilizations and uh, technologies, mankind continue to hurt one another. It has not become better, if anything, become worse. So our question is, is there really hope for peace? Is there really hope for peace? Can you imagine for the year 2024, there will be complete ceasefire for all the wars? When kings and presidents and prime ministers lay aside their ambitions and choose the path of peace. When all the violent protests in the world turned to celebration. And when peace spread across the globe, becoming the norm forevermore. This is the story of Christmas. And it begins with a child. So I'm going to take you through this sermon. The reason the child is the reason for Christmas. First, the coming of a child. And secondly, who is the child? And then thirdly, what is the mission of the child? The coming of a child, who is the child, and what is the mission of the child? Okay, so the coming of a child. The context of the Bible text that we just heard today uh, is uh, that Jewish people were in big trouble. When they were not being attacked by many enemies, they were attacking each other. They became divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and then the southern kingdom of Judah. And we might think of Israel uh, as a Jewish state, but sometimes we don't remember, Judah is also a Jewish state. So we might think of uh, uh, and so, so this is kind of like uh, the divided kingdom. It's uh, maybe like uh, uh, Northern Korea and Southern Korea, once upon a time with one people, but then divided. And that division happened uh, at the, uh, after the reign of King Solomon. He died, and then there was, they fought, and then they got divided. So uh, the backdrop of this story today, of our text today, is that uh, the northern kingdom of Israel joined forces with, with Syria to attack the southern kingdom, to attack uh, Judah. And, uh, and the king of Judah, his name is Ahaz, and the people were terrified. Okay, so we see this in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 2, the beginning of verse 2. The heart of Ahaz... And the heart of the people shook as trees of the forest shook before the wind. They were terrified. But God sent hope to them through the word of prophet Isaiah, who wrote the, uh, the text that we heard this morning. And Isaiah told them, told, told Ahaz, that God will protect them. Don't be afraid of the enemy. I will protect you. And he literally handed Ahaz victory on a silver plate. But what did Ahaz do? Ahaz did not trust God. He chose to trust in political alliance with the Assyrians. He chose to uh, trust in, in, in his enemy to protect him. And that was a bad move. Because it is never smart... To do things our way, when God has made it clear to us, you follow me, this is a way to victory, I will protect you. It's never smart to to trust in something else. And uh, so we are kind of like this, people. Oftentimes, we don't trust God. In times of crisis, we want to trust in the things that we can do. And we think that we know better than God, and... uh, and it simply doesn't make sense to think that we are smarter than God. Is like an ant thinking that it knows better than a human being. Now the Assyrians that Ahaz seek to form an alliance with were not nice people. They were not friendly people. Uh, Ahaz essentially grabbed a tiger by its tail and brought ruin upon his nations. The, the Syrians were barbaric, barbaric people. They were notorious for their cruelty. It was not enough for them to, uh, to win the war. Uh, they, they, they pride themselves in, in inflicting maximum destruction and maximum humiliation. They were the ancient terrorists, King Ahaz, whom the people depended on for protection, failed miserably. The future looks bleak for the people in Judah. Who can protect us? And in, uh, uh, in, uh, later on in Isaiah chapter 8, uh, we read this. And they look to the earth. And behold, distress and darkness and gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. This is the state of affair for Ahaz and his people. Nothing good on the horizon, only gloom and darkness. Now, the world we live in today is not very much different, is it? We see wars between Russia and Ukraine. We see war between Israel and Hamas. We see increase of tension among nations and peoples. And sometimes it feels like we are on the, almost on the brink of something boiling over. So we have the same question in my mind. Is there any leaders capable of restoring long-lasting peace on earth? Is there anyone? And is there any hope for peace on earth? Now, it is against this backdrop that Isaiah brought hope to his people. In chapter 9, before the verses that you heard this morning, in verse 1, Isaiah said, There is no gloom. There is no gloom for those who are in anguish. If you want to turn to chapter 9, you can read the text. And in verse 2, and there will be no more darkness because they have seen a light, a great light. And there these in, chapter, in verse 3, their distress will turn to joy, a joy that is contagious, that cannot be restricted, and it will spread and increase. And in verse 4, they will be liberated from oppression. And in verse 5, they can burn their military weapons and their, their uniform because war will be ended none of that will be necessary peace is coming peace is coming and how will this be accomplished it is not by super military power like the, uh, like the countries of today they believe super, superior power will deter uh, their enemy and therefore maintain peace and it is not by political savvy or strategic alliance. Peace will come in a way that is totally unexpected. In verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is the solution to peace? A child? A son? Our hope for peace will be accomplished through a child. Yet this is what the Bible says. This is a prophecy. This particular prophecy is fulfilled more than 700 years later through the virgin birth of Jesus. An angel of the Lord came to Mary to tell her that she will have a child. So Mary was confused. She was scared and confused. How can this happen? I am going to be married, but I'm not yet married. How would this happen? So the angel explains to her, and that connects to this particular prophecy in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, a child to be born will be called holy the Son of God, the child that is prophesied is coming in the womb of Mary, and he will be born. So our Creator, God, came to be with us. This morning, in the beginning of service, that God will come, come with us. He's, he will be Emmanuel. He, is, he will be with us. So our God is coming to be with us, to give us peace, not as an adult warrior or Super Mario, super, or, or it's not Super Mario, but Marvel superhero. I watch too many uh, kids' movies. Marvel superhero, but as a vulnerable baby. But what can we know about this baby? So that brings me to the second point. Who is the child? <clears throat> Who is the child? So that we can see that in the second part of verse 6. Second part of verse six, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And uh, so the first thing that we see is that this child will carry the weight of the government on his shoulder. That means that this child will grow up to be a king to rule over his people and to care over his people. This king will succeed where Ahaz failed. So what kind of king will he be? And he's described by uh, these uh, uh, four descriptions, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So I'll go through each one of them. So first, wonderful counselor. This king is like no other king. Human kings will find that their wisdom is imperfect and insufficient. No matter how smart they are and how many advisors they have, they always, somehow or another, will make mistakes. But this king is wisdom personified because he is God. God knows everything. There is nothing that is hidden from God. And this king is born as a child, so he is fully human and fully God. Now let me tell you why that is important when it comes to the matter of wisdom and many other matters. So as God, his knowledge is transcendent. He can see every possibility, and, and his, his counsel, therefore, is perfect every time. And as human, his counsel does not come to us from the ivory tower, but from someone who has walked in your shoes of human experience from childhood to adulthood. He can fully relate to all of our trials and, and joys when he gives us counsel. And then secondly, the mighty God. He is a mighty king. And he is... He, and he uses the power not for himself, but for us. Now power, when it falls into the wrong hand, is extremely dangerous. Throughout history, we have seen dictators using their power destroy millions and millions of lives, such as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao Zedong, etc., and so on. Remember even King David he used his power to cover up his adultery and getting getting Bathsheba's husband killed simply because he had the power to do so. But this mighty king never abuses his power. Although his power exceeds those of all the superheroes combined, he uses his power to save mankind. Like no other god, in any religions of the world. And thirdly, everlasting father. He is our everlasting father. Now, earthly kings treat their people as peasants rather than as family. But this king relates to us as the everlasting father because he sees us as his children. He sees us as his family. And he loves his children so much that he will will stop at nothing to save them from eternal damnation because he wants to maintain that everlasting relationship with us. And finally, Prince of Peace. And I will spend a little bit more time on this point uh, this morning. Now, human king have all failed to uh, maintain peace and restore peace. If anything, human kings sometimes tend to prolong wars or even start new wars. But the divine king, the king of the prince of peace, preserves peace. He commands peace. And he creates peace. Now you might ask, are we able to do that as human beings? If we are honest... That we would be, we will realize that if we are able to do this, we would have seen progress over the years, over the last decade, over the last century, over the last millennium. Things must have been getting better, but it has not. We all know that there remains to be too many fights and quarrels among us. If everyone experienced quarrel and fights in their family this past week, were to wear red this morning. I think most of us will be wearing red. Although you're sitting on red chairs, that's a good sign. I think I myself will be wearing red because quarrels and fights, unfortunately, is something that is too real for all of us. Now, we, we, we know that we don't like it. We know that this world is not supposed to be, like, to be like this. And it is true, because God created heaven on earth in the Garden of Eden. This world is not supposed to have any conflicts and strife and hostilities. And in the Garden of Eden, everything was in harmony, and there was peace. Peace between man and God. Peace between man and woman and man and man. Peace between Adam and Eve. And peace between Adam and uh, peace between Adam and God and Adam and Eve, and then peace between Adam and Eve, human horizontally. But unfortunately, Eve ate, defied God and ate the forbidden food, and subsequently, Adam did the same, and peace with God was destroyed at that moment. And as a result, peace with one another was also broken. And the Bible calls this sin. Sin is when what we want is more important than what God wants. We want to live life the way we want. We want to do things what we want. What we want becomes more important. We call this self-centeredness. We hate self-centered people, don't we? But we are also self-centered people, like the people that we hate. Sin destroys peace. And we see this even in little children. What are they fighting about? What are little children fighting about? They are fighting for the same thing at the same time. Even though that same thing they have never paid attention to for thousands of years, or maybe not, thousands of days or hours, Suddenly, they see the same thing. They all must fight for it. And after they fight, they don't care about it. But at that moment, they want what they want and they're willing to kill each other for it. And this is in our human nature. From childhood to adult, we cannot escape it. Now, the Bible understands this warlike mentality very well. And... uh, it comes out in the book of James, in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. What causes quarrel and fights and, 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 uh, and fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covert and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have. Because you do not ask. We do not have because we do not depend on God. We depend on our own ability to fight for what we want. And we quarrel, we fight, we murder. This is why human beings cannot live peacefully together. This is why war continues to break out centuries after centuries, year after year. What I want matters more than what you want. If I cannot have it, I'm going to fight and quarrel, even murder. If not physically, certainly by words. Did you know that uh, in U.S., uh, the, uh, after Thanksgiving, they call it Black Friday. I think all of you know Black Friday, right? Uh, but in the U.S., the shopping malls uh, will, have a, uh, will stock a limited number of certain uh, popular items at a very cheap price. Okay? They advertise this. So people will line up for hours before the shop opens, and uh, as soon as the door opens, they dash through the door to try to grab the, 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 uh, the cheap item that they, they long for. Unfortunately, there's not enough such item. So people start fights. Okay? I was told that there are many YouTube videos of this, but don't go and search it now, please. Okay, Trust me. People fight over the, the silliest things. They're willing to do whatever they can to get what they want. That is sin. All the quarrels and fights begin in our hearts. And this is the root of all fights and all wars. How do we preserve, command, or create peace? How can we heal this sickness in our heart so that there will be peace? That brings me to the final point. What is the mission of this child? The mission of this child is to fulfill the hope of long-lasting peace on earth. He is our hope. So let's see the peace that he intends to establish under his government. Okay, This is in uh, verse uh, verse 7. This child is, uh, is to grow up, and he is to have the government on his shoulder. He is to rule over his people, and... Verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from, the time, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So this is a picture of the government of the child. As his government increases, peace increases, endless peace, peace forevermore. And his government is marked by justice and righteousness. So there will be no injustice. Under his reign, there is no wickedness, there's no cover up, no corruption. No bubble, double standards, no abuse of power, only justice and righteousness and peace forevermore. Now, verse 7 says that uh, he's on the throne of David. The throne of David is fulfilled in the, it's a, another part of the prophecy that is fulfilled uh, in, uh, in, uh, Luke, in the New Testament. So I'll go to uh, uh, Luke chapter 1 again. So this is what the angel of the Lord said to uh, Mary, okay, the mother of Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> similar part of the text that you read earlier, uh, but it's a different part. And behold, the angel said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So now we find out the name of this child is Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Okay? Isaiah said, the throne of David. And then Jesus comes to be on the throne of David. Prophecy fulfilled. So the the ruler of this perfect government is none other than uh, other than Jesus. So, if you think about that wonderful vision of what kind of government, what kind of place this is, it is a wonderful place. Don't you don't you want to go visit? Uh, don't you want to uh, migrate to there? Uh, maybe you want to apply for 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 PR or citizenship to, to such a wonderful place, and. Uh, but we all know that wherever we go, if we go to Australia, if we go to uh, to US, we go to China, wherever you go, we must follow the laws of the land, right? But you know that, because King, because God is the one who created this world, He reigns over the world, and Jesus is the ruler of this world. And he is, he, we are under his government. He has rules and regulations for us that we should be following as his citizens in his kingdom. That's for Christians, okay? But do you think we are doing very well in, uh, under his administration? Do you think we are very obedient citizens in his kingdom and, and maintaining peace and, and order and loving one another? If we are honest... We have not been doing very well. We have not submitted ourselves to the king, the kingship of Jesus ever since he was born. We live as if he doesn't exist or as if he does not matter. We do things our way. We do whatever we want. Every time you sin is because you think what you want to do, even though that is a sin, you still do it anyway because he does not matter at that moment. And how should Jesus deal with such people in his kingdom, under his government? Deal with people who totally disregard his rule under his kingdom of peace. Now, if it was up to us, if it was up to me, I can think of a few things to, to make people comply more, right? Right? I think Singapore has a way of doing that, just fine people. You don't want to do, do, do don't do this, you fine. Increase the fine for non-compliance. First offense, fine, $10,000. If you break peace, $10,000. Second offense, $100,000. You better think twice. Third offense, death penalty. Better not go there. If that is true, actually for the transgression, for the wages of sin, is death. Any one of us who breaks the law of God receives death sentence. But King Jesus does not rule with an iron fist. Out of his amazing love, he came into our world. Not to punish our non-compliance, but to take on the penalty of our failure to comply. So this is the reason for Christmas. God gave us His Son. For a son is given. He gave us His Son to do what? So that He can take our penalty. The penalty that rightly belongs to us in order to restore our relationship with God. Restore our relationship with God. And as a result... We can restore our relationship with one another. So Jesus takes on everything wrong that we have ever done. So he gives us his perfect and sinless record. There's an exchange. He is our substitute. He takes on our F grade for, for exam paper. In exchange, he gives us his A plus 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 grade and put it and gave it to us. He paid the penalty for us breaking peace with quarrels and fights this past week, this past month, for our entire life. He paid the penalty when we break peace with murderous words in cursing people created in God's image. And Jesus paid the price for us breaking peace with injustice and wicked things that we have done. People... If you think hard, you will realize that you have been the cause of many injustice and wicked things. We don't like to think about that because they make us feel uncomfortable. But yet, it is important that we know the sin that we have done and what Jesus had paid for on our behalf. So Jesus came to pay for our sins on the cross for the penalty of our sins. For all who believe in His name. So, whatever that robs your peace, people, whatever causes your fights, whatever that uh, makes you what makes you fight with people, whether it's your pride, whether it's money, whether it's a lack of respect, whether it's uh, fighting for a seat in the in the in the in the MRT, whether it's fighting fighting for uh, for the promotion that you think that belongs to you, whatever you're fighting for, people, remember. Under the government of Lord Jesus, there will be no injustice. He will make things right for everyone. You do not have to fight for it yourself. Trust in him to set things right. And when we do that, we will have peace with each other. We have peace with God. We have peace with each other. And that peace will spread around our community Spread in our church, spread in the world. This is what the. uh, So, uh, but this peace that we can see and experience will not be perfect. Okay, we will see an increase in peace here on earth, but it will not be perfect. And the perfection only comes when we reach heaven. Okay, and uh, and, uh, the Bible says that heaven is going to come down to us. In, uh, in the last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 1 heaven will come down and it is called the heaven and earth um, and uh, when the heaven comes down it will be a beautiful place and I'm going to just read you uh, a, 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 just three, two verses uh, from this uh, heavenly place okay and Revelation 21 verse 3 and 4 okay verse 3 first and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. This is a restoration of our peace with God. God comes down with us, we are dwelling with him. uh, Our relationship, the broken relationship with God, has been totally reconciled. We are all together, we are his people, and he is our God. And then verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now this is a picture of the restoration of peace between, between mankind and between man and nature, everything painful, everything sad, everything bad is gone. We are all in total harmony. So people, this is a promised reality. Whatever God promises is real. You can take it to the bank. You can count on it. This is what is coming ahead in heaven for all those who believe in, in Jesus, it's guaranteed for all of us. So if you are Christian, people, would you, would you go and share this good news with people and tell them a coming day there will be peace on earth and peace forever? And would you go, go as forgiven sinners to forgive someone this, uh, this Christmas season, surely we have offended people. Surely you are holding some grudge in your heart about someone who has offended you. This is a time of forgiveness because God has forgiven us. Christ has taken the, our penalty so that we may be forgiven. Go and forgive. And, and lastly, as forgiven sinners Christians, go and share the good news. Invite your loved ones into the kingdom of God, and and uh, there is a invitation into His kingdom, with with uh, with no qualification needed, with no no waiting period. All they have to do is to accept the name of Jesus and follow His lordship. So, if you're not a Christian today, Jesus gives you an open invitation, citizenship in His perfect kingdom. Is yours. You do not have to apply, you do not have to hire a lawyer, you do not have to increase your 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 CV to make yourself impressive. All you have to do is believe in the name of Jesus, your application in his kingdom will be approved. Citizen of Kingdom, belonging to the, to the kingdom of that's ruled by the Prince of Peace. So people, Christmas, this Christmas, let us thank God for the birth of Jesus and the hope of everlasting peace with God and peace on earth. And in closing, let me share with you uh, these words written by an American Baptist pastor. Uh, His name is David Jeremiah. He's talking about how precious it is that Jesus was born as a baby. And he says, If he had been been God only, his sacrifice would have been cheap and unconvincing. If he had been man only, his sacrifice would have had no power. He would have been a martyr like 10,000 others. But he was man and he was God. And therefore... He was all in all. He came as a child to confront and conquer every challenge and every temptation common to humanity. We trust him with our lives because he was God. We love him with our hearts because we know that once he was a tiny baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying manger, To God be the glory that a child was born to save our souls. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, you have given us your son for Christmas. It is such an amazing and costly gift to mankind. Undeserving some more. But yet, you gave us. It's a gift of love. The gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. Help us to treasure this gift and share the good news with everyone. Help us to walk in the shoe of Jesus and go forth and forgive and ask for forgiveness. And help us to share the good news of salvation so that our loved ones and our Our friends will be saved and brought into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You can find more of our sermons online on our website at www.agape.org.sg